Hi, and thanks for listening to the Beauty Revealed podcast produced by C-Squared Artistry, a brand for women multiplying character and confidence in their lives to reveal their true beauty. All right, guys. So today's episode is part two of my interview with Shakira A. Hill, author, speaker, influencer, motivator, you name it. She is a phenomenal woman. If you have not listened to part one of this interview, I want you to stop right now and head on over to part one of this interview with Shakira. You do not want to miss it. She shares her entire story of just moving um, through a life of foster care, heartache, marriage, divorce, restoration, and just so much more. And she's just phenomenal. So listen to part one because you want to get the whole story and then come back over to listen to part two. If you listened to part one already, then I know you are in for a treat uh, to hear the final statements and thoughts that she has on her life and the things that she's learned as she's developed into a woman of confidence, character, and her beauty has definitely been revealed and God is continuing to reveal that through her. So hold on to your seatbelt. Let's get started. There are a lot of things that go into marriage, um, and I'm going to share a little bit, you know, a few things that I think are very important. And with this podcast, I realized that every listener is not a Christian. I'm a Christian. Shakira, do you identify yourself as a Christian? I am a follower of Christ. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, I, and that can be, and I know why she's saying that, because um, there's so much surrounded by, you know, that phrase and that term Christian and organized religion, et cetera. Um, and it comes with a lot of different um, views and perceptions. So I respect, I know that that's why she is describing, her, identifying as that. Um, but to be a follower of Christ, uh, and for those of you who are followers of Christ, um, you know, I would encourage that as you're, you consider marriage, you consider what the Bible says about marriage. Um, and one thing that I believe, that I personally believe a marriage is built on is built on on a equal of a faith that is the same. Um, mm-hmm. You know, knowing that you are both of the same faith, you are quote unquote equally yoked. Um, you believe the same things, and you may have different opinions, but faith being um, a major source of foundation for you, at least it is for myself and my husband, and that has been really the main pillar of our marriage. Um, and knowing that marriage is a covenant, it's not just you know, um, a choice, although it is a choice, but it is a covenant. It's something that's not contractual. It's not, okay, if you do this, then I'll do that. It is a 100, 100% giving. Um, and it's an opportunity to grow. It stretches you. I mean, I didn't realize how selfish I was until I was married. You know, when you're single Mm -hmm. and even when you're dating, you begin to see that, you know, different things come out because now you have another person to consider. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I realized that there's so much that was in me, uh, the good, the bad and the ugly that came out because I had another person to sharpen me and to rub up against me and, and to be able to expose some things and those things. The other thing as it pertains to marriage is that you change over time, you know, yeah. is this person willing to be okay with you changing, not only sure. changing physically, but changing your thoughts changing you know what you may want to do vocationally how you would like to live you know do is there a vision um when tommy and i 
we're courting and I say courting instead of dating because he specifically asked to court me. Um, and I, at the time, didn't know what that meant. I was dating other men. And one of the challenges that I had through that dating process was I always wanted an exclusive relationship. And at the time, the guys that I was talking to, that's not what they wanted. But I settled and I said, well, that's okay. Like we can still date. And at the end of the day, my heart was broken because even though in my mind, I felt like we were the only ones together and this was really going somewhere, that's not what they were about. So making sure that you don't settle and that you really are considering the person that you're spending time with and making sure you're on the same page. And my husband was looking for a wife. He wasn't looking for a side chick. He wasn't looking for someone to just kick it with. He wasn't just looking for a friend. He was looking for a wife. So to kind of um, transition us to where you are now and to really help the listeners who who may have experienced some of what you experienced to move us forward, how did your faith in Christ as a follower of Christ, how did that help you overcome the thoughts that you had about, you know, feeling like you were too much, too much baggage, et cetera? How did you overcome that and become the confident woman you are today? That's such a great question. It really took um, a lot of introspection and unearthing where this idea even originated, where I started to tell myself that I was too much or where I picked up this narrative that I was too much and seeing myself as an unreliable narrator of my own story. And so working towards one, recasting um, the narrative that I, that I had in my mind, uh, finding a new frame of reference, um, and then also just accepting who I am as full and whole and multifaceted, um, surrounding myself with people who helped affirm and validate those positive things was important for reinforcing the new narrative. And then also cutting away bad habits that perpetuated the old story that I was telling myself. So even this idea of busyness or having people around me who um, were insecure in light of my accomplishments or felt uncomfortable in the presence of me, it, it was figuring out how to realign my life so that it was reflected reflective of me being a a whole and multifaceted person. Yeah, that's awesome. I really, I I love that you mentioned restructuring your own personal narrative. You know, we sometimes fail to realize that we have a lot more control and influence on maybe not necessarily the, the circumstances or the things that have happened, but we have influence on how we communicate about it. And we also have influence regarding how we perceive it. In, one, in a recent podcast episode, I talked a little bit about one of the core four steps to developing your character. And the very last thing is lips, you know, what you say about yourself, how you speak to yourself. And so I think that's awesome that you just really kind of reinforcing the fact that we do have a sense of, of ownership, accountability, and authority on the way that we structure the narrative of our lives. Um, you also mentioned a little bit about the importance of knowing you're loved. Um, tell me a little bit more about what you mean when you say 
you know, it's important to know that you're loved. The idea of love is often so externalized in that we place the responsibility for the loving ourselves onto others. And it's recognizing that fundamentally who we are, we are loved beings, not because of our looks or the success we acquire, the money we make, the clothes we wear, but because we are created by the author of love. And we start out already in a surplus. We start out with um, this abundance of affection that God has placed upon us just because we are his. And so it's knowing that there's nothing we need to do. We don't need to be performative. We don't need to do any type of mental or emotional gymnastics to feel like, oh, I I have to earn this. It's being secure in your humanness, being secure in the fact that you were created as an expression of love and that nothing is ever going to change that. Nothing is ever going to take that fundamental um, ability to be loved by the one who is love away from you, whether other people choose to love us or not. And because we know that we're created out of love, then we can love ourselves. We can be secure and rooted in in that foundation. Too many of us, and I, I was guilty of this, um, looking out looking at outside factors, looking at for others to fill us up. And it's okay when people love us. Absolutely, we have to exist in communities and community where people um, affirm us and are affectionate towards us and support us. But we cannot solely rely on people to be um, our only source of love. That is so good. I mean, I'm like listening to you, Shakira, and I am, you're, you know, you're saying things that I've known, but the way that you communicate them is just so powerful. Um, and it's just, it's, it warms the heart to be reminded that you are loved. You know, I, I firmly believe that it's people's desires. The deepest desire is to love and to be loved, to know God and to be known by God. And so I think that's just awesome. The last thing I want to kind of touch on is you mentioned very briefly the importance of not panicking, um, being able to go through a circumstance without panicking. How would you encourage a woman out there who may be, you know, going through a divorce or having some similar um, situations that you face? How would you encourage them to go through this process without panic mode? Yeah. Great question. It's important to first recognize why we shouldn't panic. Anything that comes out of panic is not going to be productive or beneficial. When we panic, we don't have clarity of mind. We're not thinking about all the best possible outcomes. Essentially, we're reacting out of fear and anxiety, and we are specifically told that there's nothing that we should fear. We should be anxious for nothing. And so because we have been commanded, because we have been told by a loving God that we shouldn't be anxious, uh, we have to know that nothing that comes out of panic is going to be productive for us. And so I encourage any man or woman who's going through a difficult situation right now to know that your pain is not abnormal 
Because I believe that a part of why we panic is feeling like you're the only person on the face of the earth going through this. And because you feel like you're the only person on the face of the earth going through whatever circumstance it is at the moment, you feel like, well, I don't have it figured out and there's something wrong with me. And because there's something wrong with me, I won't ever see the end of this situation. I won't ever be able to climb out of it or my life is just cut off at this point. And that's absolutely not true. We are not going to go through life conflict-free, and it doesn't undermine the pain that we experience when we go through conflict, but I definitely encourage people who are facing trauma or in a very difficult situation to take a moment and find a place of rest to reconcile the pain and the discomfort with the assuredness that, like, this is not the end of your story. One of the things I like to practice in my meditation and in prayer and in relationship with God is affirming the belief that I am a woman at rest. That does not mean that I'm a woman who is not in conflict at times. It doesn't mean that I'm not a woman who struggles with uh, insecurities or imposter syndrome or doubt or any of those things, but I'm learning to be like water and to go with the flow of these different facets of life and saying, even though I'm in this moment of conflict, whether that's internal conflict or external conflict, I'm still at rest and I'm at peace in knowing that on the other side of this conflict, on the other side of this trauma, on the other side of this painful event in my life, something good is going to be birthed. That is essentially the story of the Bible. Out of conflict, a miracle was born. The conflict between humanity and God when, when we decided to have our own way, and God had to find a way to reconcile the pride that is inherently human and his love, which is inherently mm. um, selfless. Mm. And so out of that conflict, he birthed the ultimate sacrifice. And out of the conflict and the trauma that we face, so many things come. I am a more um, well-rounded, I would say, self-assured, and I don't mean in an arrogant way. I'm just aware of myself, self-aware. I have a degree of equanimity that has been very useful for me in my personal life and my career. And I just, I feel so thankful for everything that comes my way. And so if you're out there today and if you're struggling, one, you're not alone in your struggle. We all struggle. We just all come up on our struggles at different times. Two, this is not the end of your story. It's a moment, and it may feel like it's not, but it's a blip in your story. And three, something beautiful is going to be birthed on the other side of it if you trust it and if you be at rest with it and it be at peace with reconciling the conflict in the goodness of God. Wow. That is so good. I just want to say, let's just drop the mic right here. There's really nothing else to say. I mean, you said it all and you just, everything was perfect. And I think it's, it's just, you know, you're able to really speak to um, speak to this because you've lived it and you are living it continually. Your character has been continually developed and refined and you the beauty on the inside of you has really and truly been revealed as a result of it. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, I want you to just kind of take a quick moment and think a little bit about a quote that maybe you would share with your younger self. Um, 
you know, knowing what you know now, what's something that you would have shared with yourself that could have maybe just encouraged you along the way? A quote that comes to mind, which is one that I've I've been clinging to quite often lately, and perhaps because I'm becoming a, a, a more mature woman and watching myself evolve in so many ways that contradict <laughs> thoughts and <laughs> perspectives that I had when I was younger. It's a quote from Walt Whitman, and it says, do I contradict myself? Very well, then, I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. And I love that quote because it gives us permission to to change, to grow, to evolve, to metamorphose. We're not going to be the same people five, ten years down the line, and that can feel like an affront, or if you're changing, it can feel like you're not being authentic. But I'm so thankful for the evolution that we get to have. And, And that quote reminds me that, yeah, it's okay to change my mind about something that maybe I thought three years ago. That just means I'm growing up. It just means I'm maturing. Yeah, no, that is awesome. I totally agree. I think change can sometimes feel a little bit um, awkward. It can feel uncomfortable and it can feel as if, like you said, like you're not being authentic, but truly when you go through a process of change and you, you give yourself permission, you really do allow yourself to be present um, and to see the present or the gift in the present moment. So that's awesome. awesome. Just if you can just let everybody know where they can find you. Um, I know you have a book that's coming out later this year. I would just love for folks to be able to uh, be able to connect with you and to keep up with everything that you're doing. Yeah, I would love to connect with everyone. I can be found on Twitter. And that is Shakira, S-H-A-K-I-R-A-H, Ariana, A-D-I-A-N-N-A, on Twitter. And you can also find me on my website, ShakiraAdiana.com. Well, you guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode so much in here. So feel free to subscribe and come back. Um, re-listen to this episode over and over as needed because there are just so many jewels and gems in here. Thank you again so much, Shakira, for being a part of the Beauty Revealed podcast. It has been a pleasure interviewing you. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun with you, Candice, and I'm delighted to be along on your journey because it's been equally, if not more, incredible to watch. Well, thank you, and you guys have a great day. Bye-bye.